I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you something. You know, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Achanov, and who told you I didn't have any breakfast? And my name is Colin Drucker, and after a long and arduous winter, I somehow finished watching you-know-who try to be you-know-who in being the you-know-whats, and you know yes. what I'm talking about. <laughs> it is a great theme song. It is. I will say that like when it finally got to that point of the movie, I was like, ugh. Yes. It immediately, one of the top tops, I think. And doesn't it take you to like a certain like 10 o'clock at night on Nick at Night? Yes. You know, like it takes you to the Munsters were on next. You Uh know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. That was such an era because I mean, I definitely, I was a big Nickelodeon kid and uh, I get the feeling that you were no stranger to a Snick. Oh, I put the Nick in Nickelodeon. (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, no. <laughs> All I the mean, kids would tease me at school. They were like, nit, 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 nit. Oh. I was like, I, and it was like, not even a really a good jab. You know what I mean? I'm no. like, no, yeah, that's what the station's called. Like, yeah. where are you going with this? Right. But and it would annoy me. I don't know. Wow. I, that never occurred to me until right now. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, oh, I've, I led a hard life, Colin. Yeah, really. Yeah, I did. I did not know. Uh, I have a lot of trauma. Yeah. yeah so uh, cry. Uh, <laughs> Feel like I'm cry. I'm getting. I'm, I'm getting uh, goosebumps. Now. Yeah. They called me Nick. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm getting goosebumps. So she points to it. Yeah. Oh man, we are flying off the rails, <laughs> just like are. this movie. Really, I absolutely. mean, absolutely. I mean, just like I can't everything. wait to hear. Just yes. like the whole planet, it's flying off the axis. We are just tilting with it, and as such, it seems that uh, the best thing to do with what could be a limited period of time is to spend two plus hours <laughs> finally watching being the Ricardos. <laughs> yes, I, I don't. Okay, so yeah, I mean, what? I'm sure we have a lot to say and a lot to break down, but like, I guess, you know, like your initial thoughts compared to the first time, compared to this second watch slash full watch, mm. where do you, where do you stand with it overall? Is, did it, was I maybe correct in saying like, it's still bad, but keep watching it and maybe you might appreciate some bits, not the whole movie, but maybe some bits. Mm-hmm. I'll stop there. I think I think there were some grapes in that fruit salad that were worth rooting yeah. around for. I think you were not wrong in the least. I think um, there's some nuggets. There's They're some tiny. nuggets. There's yeah. There is some um, little, little little Nina nuggets in there. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh God bless her. God I can't bless wait her. to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Because boy, ah, oh, I just like. 
this is for the next hour. This is a Nina Arianda Stan podcast. I mean, she is just a queen. But anyway, so you know, as everyone at this point knows, I have had an irrational hate of being the Ricardos. I cannot say the lead actress's name at this point, even with with or without the title in the sentence. I just can't say it. No, I just no. I know that's terrible. Nicole Kidman, you know, blah blah blah, Oscar nominee, Uh, and so. I, because I watched, you know, 17 minutes of it and then fell asleep on my couch, I decided that I hated this movie. And, yes. you know, at, at your behest, the best supporting after show, at the, your assignment was to watch mm-hmm. Being the Ricardos. And then that turned into our main episode this week. And, I mean, it's, here's the thing. You know, I was like, okay, I sat down today, you know, earlier today. And I thought, okay, let's settle in and let's have an open mind, you know, and let's just, yeah. let's, yes. let's look for the grapes and the fruit salad. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we know there is grapefruit in there. We know there's old cantaloupe in there, you know, there's white <laughs> melon peaches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> white melon. White oh God, melon. The worst yeah. Is the white melon. Yes. So, you know, we know. And so I, you know, then I was like, okay, you know, navigated on Amazon Prime. You all know how this works. And I saw 133 minutes and I was like, God damn it. I know. And so know. <laughs> um, my overall takeaway, and maybe that's really what leads into it, is it was like, I didn't come out of this movie like, like oh, seething, hating it because I was mm-hmm. so bored by it that I sure. was basically just waiting for Nina Arianda to come back on, st- on, on screen. And... And I like would try to stay engaged because I was like, well, I am going to be talking about this movie for a podcast and there's nothing more entertaining than someone saying, eh, I don't know. I don't remember that part. You know, it's like, then why are yeah. you here? You know, then why are you here? Um, <laughs> but uh, not to say that there haven't been a million times that I, I have said, oh, I don't remember that part. But yeah, we both have. Yeah, yeah but sure. we try, you know, we try. And and I just I think that was, you know, it, it came back to, I guess, a lot of the critiques that I've heard is that like when it comes to the direction of this movie, when it comes to kind of the, like the finesse of this, it, it plays out like a, just a, a baloney sandwich. It's just so bland. I just, there was no, at no point was I emotionally engaged. It's interesting. I'm taking all of that in. And I, I do agree. I think, cause you know, even just last week we talked about Spencer and like, a movie within like a certain frame of time in a very famous person's life. And this is like almost the same template. Yeah. And they set that up at the beginning. I, I actually quite like, I think the first time I saw it, I was like, this is a little hokey. And at times I guess it still was on the second viewing, but um, I kind of like the documentary style of all this. I like them setting the scene because they're telling, but at the same time, there, the one thing I was still waiting for was at the very beginning, you know, they're like, it was a scary week. It was the scariest week of our lives. And I'm like, not really. And then you also said that like Lucy and Desi almost lost their lives. I was like, whoa, it's going to get real. I didn't even know it was that crazy. And like, they didn't almost lose their, they almost lost their jobs and their like reputations and otherwise. But I, I guess I was just really expecting you know, some Aaron Sorkin, like, take me there. I can't wait for this because it could have been. But was, you know, speaking of the direction, let's let's get into the writing because I, I just need to hear. What do you think of this screenplay as a whole? 
I I think that it, it much like the it, bologna sandwich, bologna sandwich. It's just there's yeah. no, there's no flourish. It was it, I felt like. You know, it's funny is, you know, we did the American president and I was thinking about yeah. that thing. OK, it's not as if Aaron Sorkin has not been loved on this podcast, you know, and and absolutely to yes. say nothing of Sidney Ellen Wade, you know, I mean, Ugh. but I don't know. I, I just felt like to everything you just said. It didn't seem like the worst week of anyone's life. It was like, oh man, Vivian Vance isn't eating food, eating breakfast, and you know, uh, William Frawley's drunk, and you know, Desi's uh, Desi's kind of popping in and out of the movie, and then when he comes back in, it's kind of like a Deus Ex, you know, Desi, where he solves things kind of off screen. Like I feel like all the, I guess all of this to say that like as we built up to the quote unquote climax of the movie, I was like. When do the stakes get high? I guess the movie just never really took off. Yeah, because immediately, almost immediately, the next day at that table read, everything is squashed. Everything that we're supposed to believe in is going to like lead, like or sort of like be the the main focus of like conflict in this movie. Like her battling these accu- accusations, <clears throat> excuse me, are just solved in a way, or at least put on hold. Because like there, and then like every once in a while they might bring it up, but it's never like enough to really feel that impending sort of situation. And then at the very end, it's like surprise, it's here again. And yeah, it's, yeah, it, it just felt like there really wasn't. An, I don't know, want to say like a need for anything in the middle, but like what would that have been? Like how can we rewrite this? Is what I often think about too. And I, I don't know. I don't know what could have. You know, I know that what was provided to me was not the answer. That's a good question because I think, I mean, you make a good point that like we just did Spencer. It's like the same structure of like, let's just zoom in on a very specific period of, of time. But then being the Ricardos then tried to then flash back and then flash forward to these interviews. And there was probably, it seemed like there was a lot of story to be told about Lucy's career leading up to you know her getting this there's just there seemed to be a lot about her career and about you know her life that was maybe more interesting than like watching her deliberate over like the dinner table sequence and like i don't normally i would oh god kind of find that kind of like attention to detail and micro moments interesting but like they just kept belaboring it over and over and i was like this is not these three days or this five this week you've zoomed in on is just not the most interesting period of time to zoom in on and I feel like there were you know I would have loved to kind of see more about how she rose up in Hollywood I would have been interested to see um I don't know it seemed like where the movie ended that was also like you know with their marriage dissolving I thought well that that seems to be uh a little more more meaningful and so mm-hmm. i think if i were to rewrite this i would either zoom in on a more interesting period of their lives or do the sort of biopic thing and like pick out the more interesting parts of her life and focus on them you know yeah i i think lucille ball since she had such a career in this show was like so monumental it it this seemed like one chapter of that and in like in a way that this could have also succeeded as one maybe flash of her life. I would have, you know what? Like I really would have loved to have seen the movie like set 15 years earlier, 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Show us that young Lucy and everything that you talked about. And then this could be a highlight of like the Lucy, like the I Love Lucy show, have this storyline and then cut to the marriage and then, I don't know, flash back to it or something. I just... (sighs) The other problem is just that like... I would have rather seen, you know, being the Mertzes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. That's, I have that in my notes. Yeah. Yes. I feel like the, the problem is that, like, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting that J.K. Simmons has a, an, a, an Oscar nomination. It feels very, like, you know, to quote Helen Hunt and as good as it gets, okay, you know, it, it's <laughs> <laughs> like that. It's very Judy Dench in Belfast. Yes. Yeah, right. It's like, all right. I, I mean, he's not bad, but, like, Okay, uh, but that being he he is very good in the movie, and Nina Arianda is. is excellent in this. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I I can understand why she wasn't nominated purely because there's just it was a competitive category this year. But like, I I got all the BSA vibes from her, like in that I wanted more of her. I I couldn't stop watching when she was on the screen. I was excited when she'd enter the scene. You know, I I think that. There was so much more that was interesting about her that, like, also comes down to, obviously, the casting. I mean, I think J.K. Simmons and Nina Arianda were acting circles, certainly around Nicole Kidman. And I think Javier Bardem is great, but I think wildly miscast as Desi. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I kind of want to put in the pin, put a pin in the casting, too, but I, because, I, I mean, I could talk about Nina all day really and to to kind of build on that is like those scenes between um you know vivian vance and anyone really were more compelling and they they felt better written oh yeah and like oh my god like just the digs of um like her and (laughs) jk simmons back and forth i was laughing so hard at some of the stuff they're like they're like two drag queens just like reading each other it's so perfect yeah, it brought the movie to life. Whereas, you know, flashbacks to like Desi and Lucy's courtship. I mean, I got to be honest, I was on my phone a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to just well, like complain this whole episode, but these are just, you know, hot takes. It's just like, oh, I was, where are those grapes, you know? Yes. I. And if that's the case, then hire young actors. Don't cast... <sighs> I'm so fascinated by Nicole Kidman's face. I'm like, what have you had done? I need to know everything because it's probably the youngest I've ever seen her look in a while, it, it, which is like a weird thing to say. So like there were some angles and some like if I blink my eyes or, you know, just look really fast, like she does look that young. But at the same time, I know she's not. And it's... It's complicated. It's like, who else? It's like, put Amy Poehler in there. Do someone. Like, I just needed someone with a, a little bit more Elaine Stritch grit. I I really think, I mean, we can, we can talk casting about the rest of the cast yeah. later, but I think the elephant in the room, you know, the you-know-who in the room, is that the impression that I had from the 17 minutes I stayed awake for the first time I watched this movie really did not change. I mean, I'll... I'll I'll give her that I I did not hear much of... I wouldn't say it was the Australian accent. I think what comes Mm -hmm. through with Nicole is that, like, genteel AMC, this is where the magic happens voice, you know? It's that voice that it's like, it might as well be Australian. It just sounds like an accent. And I know that she was putting on a, a, a Lucy voice, and so it was like, 
But whatever voice that was, the AMC voice was coming through. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like that sort of light feathery songbirdness. It's like it has to be gone. Even yeah. when you're not like Lucy in the show in quotes, it's like I feel like w- the voice work that she was doing as Lucy should have been like the baseline for like offstage Lucy because I feel like one thing that we know is like Lucy was kind of running the show or at least like what we're presented with. So like I I needed that voice to match it even more. Like she was just like, you know, she's got big dick energy, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And and that's kind of lost in Nicole Kidman because she is just, it's an, and it's not her fault. Like Nicole Kidman can't help you know, the tools that she has been given. And there's part of me that forgives Nicole for this because I don't know, because she did the, she did the best that she could. I really do believe that. And I, and there are parts where it almost like syncs up and I'm like, okay, I, it's just for a second. And then it kind of goes away. Yeah. There'll be glimpses of it. And I can kind of see what she's doing with like the offstage Mm -hmm. Lucy, you know, but Whatever the, the the sort of offstage Lucy, the Lucille Ball instead of Lucy Ricardo, I mean, sometimes I feel like it was just Nicole Kidman doing a bad Carol Radzowell impression. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just very sure. like, uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it was just like that. It was just like a, you know, it was a food processor getting started. And I, I, I didn't find. I this is gonna sound weird. This is gonna sound like I'm saying you should smile more, Lucy. But like. I think that and that was another takeaway was like I didn't really I didn't like Lucy. I didn't love Lucy, <laughs> you know? I kind of, you know, I it was like uh it was like the the line in the office when when Karen says about Pam, Pam is kind of a bitch. And <laughs> I kind of had the same feeling of like I, and I know that that's part of it is like, you know, and me sure. saying that she's a bitch is just me being like an awful man. I know. Um shake your fists at me, but it was it was less about that. I think having a podcast dedicated to celebrating women in movies, I think I don't think I'm a misogynist. I'm pretty sure. I think it was more just a matter of like, who do I want to spend two plus hours with? And like this person is miscast, not charming, and has a weird face, you know, and yeah. is doing a Carol Radzowell impression. And now she has an Oscar nomination. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I just, you know... I just feel like there is there are ingredients in this sandwich that I just don't like, and that's that's what I have that's to say the about story, that. Story, and I'm sticking and I'm to sticking it. Sticking yeah. to it, and I'm sending this sandwich back. <laughs> I the whole time you were talking, I was listening, of course, but I'm I was really trying to think if I ever at once like or ever just once rather saw Nicole Kidman's teeth. I don't oh, remember. There's a I thought. really don't remember. Like, I know this sounds crazy because like even during the grape stomping thing, like when she like, well, they didn't show her like that the moment in the grape stomping where like she gets into it and she kind of gets like a little like, it's 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 a great scene by the yeah. way, that grape stomp. But like they showed her making that face and she just like kind of like r- made her mouth into like an O form. Uh-huh. And I just don't remember seeing her smile. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. so interesting. Or oh. just her teeth. Yeah. yeah. What if the whole movie, she has no teeth? 
and we just had, and it's so boring that we didn't even notice and or the rest of the performance was so bad that it was that we didn't even notice she had no teeth um now i don't even know if she had eyebrows now that we're talking about it i don't know if she even had eyelashes um i think she just had two little holes uh and yeah. so uh yeah i you know as i'm thinking about Nicole Kidman in this role and I hear what you're saying is that she tried her best and Mm -hmm. I think yeah well you know there's a lot of people who are trying harder and doing better you know yes but a performance that this made me think of that I I have a similar but much more uh empathetic or much more celebratory feeling about is Drew Barrymore in the Great Gardens movie have you seen that Oh, yeah, I loved Drew in that. Right? And it's like, I always think of that as a performance. Like, ugh, she is working so hard. And yes. I think, and it's a hard role. And it is so easy for this to tip over into just camp town, you know? And mm-hmm. God bless her. She pulls it off. It, it's one of my favorites, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I would love to do that movie on this podcast. Oh, actually. we should. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. And she got a Golden Globe for that. Oh, that makes me too. feel so good. And even though she's probably lead in that, who cares? We, you know, we break the yeah. rules around here. Um, you know, and, and Jessica Lang, oh, Edie, bring the ice cream. You know, like I, I all day, all day. Oh, yeah. Um, I loved that. Oh, so, put it on the list. Put it yes. on the list. But that's a performance I think is similar of like, oh, you took a very hard, very familiar character, you know, real life person. And you may not have been my first pick of who I thought would play this character. And mm-hmm. I probably didn't think you had it in you. And I can see how hard you're working as an actor. But I think all those same things about Nicole. But I guess it's like, I don't know. I, I, I'm just not, I, I just keep thinking, man, what if this was Kate Blanchett? Oh, the facial expressions we'd get, you know? Yeah, I'd be still, I mean, I would still be leery of Cate Blanchett too, but I could still kind of picture it, like the cheekbones and really getting, and honestly, I feel like she has that, like, what's that monologue from the, when she plays like Queen Elizabeth? She's like, I too can set fire to the rain. the Windsor. (laughs) Yes. Like, I feel that she could get that lower register because really, it's like, that's really all I need. I know that she was like, it's like, I know that she was kind of goofy and bubbly on the show, but that's where Nicole was doing like her, her sort of grittiest down there, Luanne de Lesseps sort of, I'm like, cast Luanne de Lesseps as Lucy. She's like, would you believe it, girls? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I went from cabaret star to Oscar. Ben, write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Mary F. Lucy, Viv, <laughs> or Fred. Um, oh. Anyway, I, yeah, I... What about I Love Luann? We'll just try that. <laughs> <laughs> just try it out for we'll size. Just try it you know, size, you know? Right, Ben? Yeah. the same amount of letters, yeah. <laughs> Billy, let's try a little, huh? <laughs> let's lower the key on this one, folks. <laughs> yes, I will, seem the th- I will sing the theme song. da, 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 da. I think I we got know, it. I know we're just doing second-rate Watch with Crappens, but I don't care. I know. Yes, that is. <laughs> like, I, what is the irony that we're here yes. criticizing Nicole Kidman playing I Love Lucy, and here we are doing, you know, the, the third-rate regional theater production of Watch with Crappens. Oh, 
I mean, yeah, there we are. I, <laughs> Where were we? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at just my, my takeaways too. And I also think, okay, so I was saying I needed the voice. I needed the look. And I needed better writing. There's literally a line, Colin, that says, like, when she talks to, when Lucy talks to Vivian Vance, a.k.a. Nina Arianda, in that scene where she's like, well, this conversation went poorly. I'm like, I, like, threw up both times I heard that. I was like, why are you saying, like, instead of just saying, like, because Vivian had her, like, back to her, couldn't she say, like, you okay? As opposed to, like, this went, like... Right. Oh God. Yeah. And and even like in those first like fifteen minutes, it's so ham fisted when she's like, I'm Lucille Ball. Uh, you'll know wait, what does she say? I'm Lucille you'll Ball. You'll know when I'm being funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I'm being funny, you'll know it. It sounded like she was like Rosie O'Donnell in the League of Their Own. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Trying or even like Madonna in A League of Their Own is what she was like channeling there. I I was like, oh, God. And even yeah. the Vita Vita Vegemin, like, yes, we all know that. But like, we don't care about it at this time. Like, we know we've done the homework. We've seen Lucy. We don't need to be reminded of this stuff. Yeah, I, I think that that was, I mean, beyond all of the other issues of why Nicole Kidman, I think, is miscast in this role. And she'll never hear this podcast, so I don't feel so terrible just tearing into this poor woman who has done nothing wrong but just try to invite us to experience, you know, where heartbreak feels good. But I I feel like she in those moments is so schmackty, is so like pl- – exactly what you're saying is like pl- – she's, she's trying to be it, – it's as if she is in a league of their own and she's like the third tough girl from New York, you know, mm-hmm. who's sitting with Rosie and Madonna and she's like – yeah, you know, so some some of them's are going home, right? And it's just like, no, Nicole, that's not how this works. You're not this person. And I I think that that even felt very telly versus showy of like, oh man, Lucy really runs the place. It's like they told us that like seven mm-hmm. different times. It's like we get it. I guess it leads to the question, are we supposed to love Lucy by the end? Are we supposed to think she's are we supposed to be as charmed by her? Are we supposed to think, man, yeah. she would she was really she was tough to work with. Are we supposed to have a Joan Crawford like feeling about Lucy by the end? Yeah, I just oh God. but I guess that goes back to what we were saying before about there is no there's no continuation of the whole communism thing. It's just like like you were saying, like I would have loved to have seen her just like like blow up so much at a rehearsal that she just has a breakdown or something like that. Like I'm trying to hold it together and all this shit's like, cause it's not about the reblocking of the scene. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, yeah, she wants to be in control of something. And Linda Lavin, who's great by the way, right. Um, has that line of like, it's almost like she wanted to have like, it was like the, the, the difference between a B plus and a B minus was like really major this week. And I get it. And I believe that. And that's kind of, but that can only go so long before she's just like that poor director, you know, yeah. like she's just impossible. And plus like any bozo with two eyes could see that the bench had to be on the other, like the upstage oh. part of the table. I'm like, why is this? I couldn't believe it was still going on. Yeah. And so for anyone who is not, 
suffered through this movie or fell asleep through it like I did the first time. It it's the most obvious thing where they're staging this this dinner sequence with you know uh, Fred and Ethel coming over to Lucy and Ricky's and. You know, it's like any sitcom we've seen. The Golden Girls did it for seven seasons where, like, you don't have anyone sitting with their back to the audience. No matter how ridiculous it is, no matter how many times I had to stick Sophia on a bar stool just to make it work, That that's just the way it was. And so the scene is set up to have the two, the two of them sitting, sharing a piano bench with their backs to the camera. And it was like then we were supposed to see at that two. It would never happen. It would never happen in the first place. And then there's, like, the whole time, you know, Lucy the visionary is like, no, the bench needs to be moved to the other side so the camera can see it. And it's like, yeah, I, I do. I need to be the most famous woman on television to know that, you know, it. I mean, that was like the other thing here is like Lucy was kind of, you know, the way they were painting her was kind of it was almost like a beautiful mind. It was like she would just like envision she would see the numbers on the wall, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 there was so much, I think, to your point as well about the like the tell nature of this. There was so much about like talking about comedy, you know what I mean? Of like mm-hmm. what what makes things funny. Like she has some line about like that's just the philosophy of comedy or something like that. She has some terrible line like that where it's like the more you talk about what makes something funny, the less funny it is, you know? Yes. Another example of that that I had to write down is when during Lucy and Desi's courtship, when Lucy says, when they're on that balcony and she walks out and like it's just his like coat or something and they're smoking cigarettes and Lucy says, let's keep this professional. Let's just keep this professional. Don't you think we should do that or something? And then she's like, I was kidding. And then he was like, so was I. And then she says, nice dry delivery i'm like what what it's I, so weird i think nice dry delivery nice that dry was, de- was she calling him nice, delivery nice no nice dry d-r-y oh, sorry dry delivery she's compliment like and all he said was so was i nice dry dry delivery oh, going with that comedy gross. thing like pointing out these like spelling them out i'm like that's yeah, why is she such like a dude? You know. Yeah. That's why is kind she such of, a mansplainer? Yeah. <laughs> yes, she's like that's comedy. Yeah, no, that's comedy. Now, that, oh god, you know what I hate? You know what I hate is when somebody posts something on like usually Facebook. That's where most of these dumb comments are. But like somebody posts some stupid meme or something, and then somebody writes in the comments, "Now that's funny." <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. Now that's funny. funny. Okay, now that is funny. That, that there, that's funny. It's like, okay, like it's not an Easter egg hunt, you know? Like I just, I don't know what that is, (laughs) but when someone goes, now that's funny. Yeah, Ugh. I can picture it. I can totally. And they that same person like posts like minion memes. I was you know, just going to say. Facebook. Uh-huh. Thank God it's Friday. Yeah. I think my equivalent of that. Oh, God. What are you going to say? Know, do, you think, do you think Ramona would post a minion meme? You know? Oh, God. Maybe. I I think my equivalent to that. And I always like. I've been like, I almost said training. But I've been suggesting to Keon. Because he is a big he does this all the time when he's about to tell a story. He says, oh my gosh, funny story or hilarious story. And I always say like, let me decide whether it's funny or not. Cause nine times out of 10, it's not funny. <laughs> and it but other people pressure. might find it funny. 
It's yeah, that but with pressure. me, I'm like, I, I, I'm. He tells me the story, and I'm like, nice dry delivery. <laughs> yeah, as as nice dry. As Jody has often said to Amanda, didn't laugh once. You know, <laughs> didn't I laugh love once. when she says that because Amanda gets so mad. Right. Uh, oh, that's yeah. so. Bad. Didn't yeah. laugh once. DLO. Yeah, DLO. Um. Oh my God, that's so funny. Funny story. Uh, I, I, funny story. Funny story. Oh God. Now, what, where's the punchline? Because then I'm then I feel pressured to laugh at the end of it. Exactly. So. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my no, goodness. No, thank you. Yeah. Sorry, Keon. He knows. Oh, oh, Keon. I, I'm. I've been so cruel to you and Nicole Kidman this episode. <laughs> he. By the way, Keon loved the movie. He was like, I thought it was great, mm-hmm. but he. And I don't think that's any like. It's not any insult on his like you know taste in movies or anything like that. I just think because I asked him, I was like, okay, what? Because the first time we saw this. You know, I I did like it, and I think I like it less on the second try, especially looking at it like from taking notes and really diving into the script. But just like at face value, you know what he said? This is another one of my keyons with pet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to air all our dirty laundry here. <laughs> I'm like, he's in the other room. He'll never know. But he knows this, too, is like when he says... Um, uh, you know what? It kept my attention the whole time. And I'm like, that's not a review. Because that's when we talked about West Side Story. <laughs> right, right. Like, he was like, oh, it was just so well done. And I was like, what else? Yeah. <laughs> I was like trying to have the conversation. And, yeah. Yeah, but he said that about this, too. And I was like, all right, fair now, enough. Would that if- be the equivalent to, and I'm, I'm trying to throw a bone here, would that be the equivalent to when we say, like, well, I didn't pick up my phone once. I didn't look at my phone once. <laughs> You know? Sure. Yeah, um, I think we were both invested. I didn't look at my phone the first time. I wow. I don't know, but like watching it the second time, especially, it felt like more of a slog, like taking notes and really kind of no- noticing all the Lucy stuff. And like you said, I I I don't think I I didn't I didn't know it until you kind of posed the question, like, are we supposed to like Lucy? Because that was kind of maybe the thing that I couldn't quite figure out about Nicole as Lucy or Lucy in the movie. And, you know, and, and to, because con- I, I, as I'm saying that, I'm, I'm just feeling like, oh, you know, you don't, it, if it was a man, would you care? And I'm like, I don't know who is that. I don't know who that little demon in my head is right now. But I guess I'm also kind of contextualizing enough. Like, I think right now I can totally get together with watching a movie about a complicated figure who is maybe not necessarily the most likable, whether they be male, female, or Che Diaz, you know, a terribly unlikable person. And so I can understand creating that. And I guess there is this part of me that's like, as we were talking about before we hit record, you know, still in the slump, still in the, you know, the, the you know, uh, the, the, the seasonal affective disorder season, you know, and still yes. really feeling that, that grind. And there's still another month of it left. And, you know, there's been the two years, the pandemic, and there's the Ukraine stuff, and I'm just a little flat right now. I mean, you know, and so I think that there's also, I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend two and a half hours or two plus hours on a movie about somebody who's not fun to watch. You know what I mean? Like, I might just not be in the mood for that kind of, like, filmmaking, you know? Like, there might be other movies that I'm like, oh, like, I don't want to watch a movie about, like, you know, I'm not going to watch Saving Private Ryan ever. Yeah. But, you know, right now, especially, you know? Um, and so I guess I'm just, like, also, the, there's that meta point of view of, like, oh, am I just, like, a little depressed and it feels good to hate on this movie? There is probably some truth to that, but I also think there is some valid points that are being made on this podcast today. 
<laughs> I agreed. And also, I think, you know, for any first time listeners, like, I think it's fair to say from what I know about you thus far is that you're kind of lukewarm on Nicole Kidman in general. Yeah, I I really feel like there's she And that doesn't that wasn't even like a way of me asking like why. I'm just kind of saying, you know, there's right. a little bit that's yeah. another piece of the pie, a, a thinner one, but you know, it it's there. I don't think she's the strongest brew of coffee I've ever taken a sip of in my sure, life. You yeah. know what I mean? I I I don't think uh you know, I don't think I'm going to start my day with her, you know? Um, but she's had her moments, you know, she's had moments that I've liked. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Keon and I still quote, you know, um, I'm dying in this town. Oh, you know, you know, these days I'm quoting it daily, but you know, once in a while when we (laughs) haven't been out of the house for the while in a while, I just say I'm dying in this house. I'll say that sometimes, but it's it's fun. It's a good quote. It is a good quote. And, you know, I don't think we've talked about, you know, she has that face journey in that movie Birth. Have we we talked about that? Um, um, I listened to your In the Details episode, and I also searched it after that. So I have seen it. Yes. It's oh, great. good. Yeah. Because yes. you don't necessarily need to see the rest of the movie. But that's a great moment. And, you know, I, I got to give it to her. So she has her moments. But I do feel like there are other actors like Brenda Vaccaro that I like more. Yes, you are right. Yeah. I mean, th- this is not to say that I was like you know, peeking between my fingers during some scenes with Javier Bardem, you know, anytime he sort of like has to play like Babalu Ricky, like I was like, oh man. Oh yeah. And, and I, again, I think he's doing the best that he could. He just doesn't have, you know, that Desi Arnaz like ping. You know what I mean? His voice is just so vastly different speaking and singing that, you know, he did what he had to do. And could they have cut that number where he was like, oh God, I don't know. Not... Not like at the club, but like the first one where he like picks up the maracas off the piano and he's like, da, 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 da. I was like, oh, this could have ended like a minute ago. And I would have been fine with that, too. And I think a lot of it had to do with his hair, because I just I picture like Desi Arnaz's hair as like just stiff, like Jimmy Neutron hair. Mm -hmm. And it was like flailing around a lot. And it just took me. out. I don't know. This is such picky stuff. But, um, you know, I felt There's he was that. miscast as well. I, I felt he yeah. seemed too old sometimes, and I felt he just seemed like, I don't know, it just it was more of like, okay, well, yeah, he has an accent and is also a Latino actor. I, I guess I could mm-hmm. see it, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like inspired casting. And yeah, I think when he was really like Babalu Ricky, it was cringy. I, um, and you know, to be honest, like, uh, and maybe I just wasn't paying, maybe because I wasn't paying attention during, you know, a lot of their like courtship scenes, but there was a chunk of this movie where he just disappeared. I don't, did that, yeah. did you notice that? Yeah. I, for like a lead actor, you know, nomination too. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's in, it's like, another thing. it's like Nicole Kidman's teeth. And like, now that you say it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe he does disappear in the second half of the movie a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh yeah I I all that to be said I I as I said before I think being the Mertzes would have been a much more interesting it felt like there was so much more underneath the surface there as well like 
there was clearly, you know, tension between Vivian Vance and William Frawley that we kind of just walk right into. And so it might have been interesting to kind of see, well, how did this happen? Why do they hate each other so much, you know? Yeah, give me that, like, I can't remember if I was listening to a podcast or I read this somewhere or TikTok, whatever it was, is that the timeline for this is very, it's not really the timeline because like, it's really, the, I, I think this episode was not in season two or something like that of I Love Lucy. It was much later on because uh, as you notice, like these people, like these actors that have been together filming, it's it felt like they had been filming for six seasons, not right. two. Right, right, right. So it felt like, okay, there's clearly their there's something there's has history yeah, yeah there's history and so i would have liked to know more about which which never really gets addressed of why he hates her so much um and i mean i think there was a lot you know the conversations between vivian vance and and nicole or lucy or you know not same difference because they're very different mm-hmm. um but you know where it really is about like Vivian Vance, you know, why does Ethel have to be this? Why can't I be that? Like, why can't I wear this dress? Like, I thought there was, there was an interesting conversation there of like, well, you're, you're what, you know, women at home look like and identify with is basically what she was saying. Like, it was kind of this layered thing of like, listen, you're not a leading lady is kind of what she was saying. And like, you're not me and you're not, um, you're not going to be the, you know, the ingenue in the dress. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's actually like really interesting. I feel like, I don't know. I want to see a whole movie about a character actress who's navigating that space. You know what I mean? Yes. I, yes. I, t- I wanted them all to be like trapped in an elevator or something or like a room, like mass, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And there's like an open bar and then they just go at it. Um, that Yeah. I, I, I felt I immediately was kind of like, okay, yeah, this is great. When I heard like Vivian Vance and and Bill like yell, Bill, right? Oh, is William? Is his like you, know, you can Bill. be on a you can um, be on a nickname basis. Sure, I'll call him Bill. Yeah, go for um, it. You won't know. Those two just sort of like bickering at the at the table read. I was like, ugh, I love this. I'm like, give me more of this. And we got spurts of it, but like, I really did want like a full blowout between the two. I was like, yes, keep going. Yeah, and I, I I thought that in that last scene when it was uh, Lucy and Viv and Bill and uh, Maddie. Maddie, when they were all sitting outside the set and, you know, we had that tender moment with Lucy – and it seemed like William Frawley was like warm enough to say something nice about Vivian finally, and then that didn't even happen. And I just it, – that scene almost felt like a perfect example of like where this movie kind of just would be a failure to launch. Like it had all of these like characters, like it had a nice mix of characters and that it was, you know, more women than men. And mm-hmm. it, you know, it, there was the potential for like some meaningful moments and they're just, there should have been tears. There should have been an emotional, you know, something, a, an emotional connection to when Vivian comes outside and sits with Lucy and when they have a moment, there should have been something there. There should have been something when Maddie and Lucy have that little, you know, conversation about how like I care about you, you know, like, yes, that should yeah. have felt like something. And then like, when William Frawley has that little last speech to them, it felt like, oh, this is where we should see the softer side of Bill. You know what I mean? And like, I know we kind of got that earlier when he goes to the bar with Lucy. Yeah, I was going to say. I guess I just care more about Vivian. What can I say? Yeah, it's like, and I have something sad and vulnerable to say too. And everyone, and by the time it got to J.K. Simmons, I was like, ugh, this, 
I wish this was somewhere else because it's all really good. Even Nina Arianda saying like, you know, Lucy's married to someone seven years younger or six years younger than she is. And I'm married to my grandfather. And, it, you know, the running joke of Ethel just being not pretty, it, it got to me. And, and like, and it's a, it's a great little moment. And, but it's like, does it have to happen in this like group scene, like after school special stuff? <laughs> right, right. There is a little bit of like, you know, a, a moment at the max and, and like, say, let's the go bell. do a show. Right. Oh God. It was, it was, yeah. Good show. Good show. It was like, all right, theater kids. Thank you. Five. Thank you. Five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and I thought that, you know, Bill, I thought, you know, there was an interesting point there that maybe this is what I was looking for of we see so much of Vivian kind of feeling embarrassed about like, Oh God, yeah, I'm married to the old guy. And he's like, to be called old is, is kind of a, you know, a a painful feeling in my, you know, I'm the other side of that. The other side of that joke is that I'm the old guy, you know? And I thought, Oh, there's like, maybe there's a connecting point here, but the movie never makes that connection. The plug never goes in the wall, you know? Yeah, this this is kind of a tangent, um, you know, but it it's on topic. But um, one of our new BSatrions, Tony Maeda, I remember him. He was a guest on The Good Vanilla. Right. And he also, um, I follow him on Instagram. And he, when Being the Ricardos came out, I, I think he's kind of on our side of how, you know, a lot of the things he would mostly probably be probably be agreeing with but he said he said hold on guys like there's something on the way that's going to be better and there's this documentary on amazon um called lucy and desi that actually comes out march 4th this friday so i you know this episode you know today so and it's on amazon prime and he and like i don't know if he got like an early screening of it it's um directed by amy poehler oh and it's just um it says Lucy and Desi explore the unlikely partnership and enduring legacy of one of the most prolific power couples in entertainment history. Um, you know, there's there's more and stuff that, but I'm excited. He's it was kind of like he posed it as like the antidote. Um, I for feel like being uh, the Ricardos. I feel like this is like the um, the documentary for and just like that is like the is the antidote for and just like that <laughs> yes yeah. yes yes it yes. really is this is the new solution for shows and movies that go off the rails there's some complimentary documentary that makes it all right again very true yes yeah. so um so everyone check that out and thanks tony for the recommendation because i remember he posted that a while ago but it's finally time yeah well all right perfect timing yeah i yes. uh, you know, I do want to just say while we're on the topic of Nina Arianda, you know, I, I certainly went to that place of like, mm, this woman should be a bigger star. But it is worth mentioning that she is uh, she is no um, newcomer, you know? Yeah. And I, ha- I have such regrets. You know, I feel like Meryl Streep at the end of Doubt. I, but I, instead of Doubt, I have regrets. <laughs> yes. I have such regrets, Sister James, that I didn't go see her in Venus and Fur because I was here yeah. in New York. I could have seen it. Yep. Uh, which <clears throat> she won the Tony for eventually when it went to Broadway and was just kind of like the, you know, uh, she was the, the garlic toast of the town, you know? She was. She was. And I remember, I can't remember specifics of that year, but I, I just remember it being a really, really stacked category for lead actress in a play that year. So she beat out some heavy hitters. And I mean, she was also in, uh, she was in Midnight in Paris. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. her, um, but in like kind of playing like a little like doofy girlfriend. Um, so she's like, again, yeah, it's like everything she does, the way that she like 
I don't know. It's just like I'm so captivated by her. Yeah, I I felt like they, you know it was really interesting in her scenes with Nicole because like whereas Nicole's face stays relatively still through much of her you know scenes, like I just felt like Nina Arianda. There were always little micro expressions or little moments or little kind of gestures or you know facial expressions that like almost continued to highlight what I was lacking from Nicole. And I think it's just that like, for lack of a better term, that lived in feeling like for as much as this was like a a very stagey kind of script and kind of flatly directed, I felt like, you know, Nina Arianda was really living in that role. Like I, I didn't have the same feelings I had when Nicole was being like, you know, I'm Lucy, you're going to know, and I'm joking, you know, or when Ricky was babalooing, I didn't get the schmackties, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I yeah. mean, and the red dress, she looked great in that red and dress. And she looked great in that red dress, not for nothing. Uh, yeah. You know, in terms of other things that, you know, she, because I don't think I saw Midnight in Paris. I feel like I avoided that for one reason or the other. But yeah, a lot of people hate it. I'm in the minority. I don't love it, but I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I don't mind it, but I know a lot of people. <laughs> don't like it so it's fine well what it makes me think of is there's another woody allen movie because <clears throat> it's woody allen right uh yes. it, it, there's another woody allen movie called i think we've talked about this i think it's called magic in the moonlight and it has the most oh. annoying movie cover it has the worst movie cover i have ever seen i might even encourage you to look it up right now because i just think you... on netflix because we know how Netflix oh. sometimes it's not as bad as, as wait, let me just make sure it's magic in the moonlight because Oh, I've seen this one. Yes. 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 It's so dumb. It's so photoshopped. The one of like Emma Stone yep. and like Oh god, this is bad. She's yeah. doing these little like, oh, what am I seeing hands? And then Colin Firth is photoshopped to death. And that hat is way too big for his head and was added much later. <laughs> it so is, yes. It's insane. There's like a mist around them almost. Like yeah. a white mist. Oh, it's just, it's just awful. And so I just wanted to uh, highlight that. But anyway. The, yeah, everyone go look that up. Yeah, and, uh, it's just awful. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, other things that Nina Ariando was in, she was she's in this show Billions that I always keep thinking is Succession. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. It sounds very similar. And then I guess there's another one, Goliath, that could also very much be one of those shows. Like, there's a lot of shows about, like, rich corporations. Oh, yeah, there is. Right? Is that what Goliath is? I should click on that before I make Something like that. Is that. One of them has the rock in them, doesn't oh. it? Oh, uh, I don't know. Goliath, it looks like it's more about a lawyer. But, you know, same difference. Um, Billy Bob Thornton. I didn't know he was still kicking um <laughs> but yeah she was in richard jewel you know with uh, okay, kathy yeah. bates uh so yeah there was that oh oh you would know this because she was in one episode of, of 30 rock she <gasps> played she princess like, zarina yeah wait why am i blanking on this hold on princess zarina Oh, I can't remember. It's like Pizza Zarina, P- the Princess of Pizza. Pe- Zer- yes, okay. Does yes, that sound that's familiar? Back to me. Is yeah. she like a a New York sort of fast talking, gum chewing gal? Ugh, I'm embarrassed. I don't know. I, I really I, thought that I. I that's could okay. be. I could be leading you. I remember with it, this. but I don't. If that that doesn't make sense at all, but uh, you know. Um, ugh. But uh, you know, I keep thinking like, she has. But is, isn't she? Isn't there a pizza connection? Isn't she like a pizza heiress? 
something like that. Yeah. Now I'm just like really curious. Well, but, uh, you know, you know, okay. I'll Google this later. And if I'm wildly wrong, I'm just going to. Oh, Ryan Lochte was in that episode. I'll just cut all this out or I'll just leave it and say, well, you know, I, I you know, uh, this isn't a 30 Rock podcast, you know? No, and it's she was definitely in it. Um, yeah. It's like I think it's an episode where. Oh, no, but I, I see the Ryan Lochte photo. It, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's there. I'm going to like it's watch there. it tonight. I'll yeah. report back. Yeah, maybe watch it tonight. It's not your assignment this week, uh, you know, for <laughs> the sporting after Decompress. show, but it could yes. be. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I otherwise I just wanted to, you know, g- give some give some spotlight to really the as I've said multiple times, the grapes in this fruit salad. I I think what's another good fruit in a fruit salad? Strawberry slices. I would say Alia Shawcat. I like a, a strawberry. Yeah. yeah. Like a blueberry is nice. If Blueberries. it's not too tart. Yeah. yeah. Whatever those are would be Alia Shawcat. I think she's, yeah. I don't, I think that she, she kind of has like, she's kind of not the same in every role, but it's kind of like, Oh yeah, there's maybe from Arrested Development, you know? Yeah. But Oh my gosh, do I love her? Like she had some zingers too. Like when, um, what's his face like the guy from white lotus the asshole who played hot jim in the office can't remember his name but it's oh oh jake lacy jake lacy jake lacy yes yes when he's like what do you think they're talking about in there and she's like probably you you're talking about how they're going to give me or you're not as funny as i am and they're going to pay me more money or something like that it was so like perfect i'm like that's this is like exactly who i need this to be actors like alia shawkat and jake lacy it's so interesting because it's like i feel like we are of an age where we saw them very early in their careers on TV. Like when I think of them, I think of them on the office and arrested development. And so it almost feels weird to see them playing like adults, you know, even on the white Lotus, it was like, yeah, but that's, you know, uh, whatever, whatever Andy calls them. That's, uh, you know, uh, plop (laughs) or whatever the nickname (laughs) is. Plop. Um, You know, so it's just like, it's the same issue I've had with like Leonardo DiCaprio for years where I'm like, he's going to look like a man one day. I just know it, you know? Yes. It's like almost when uh, Aaliyah Shawkat, like she, like when she has to wear professional clothes, it just feels like she's a teenager wearing her mom's blazer. Yes. Yeah. I just, I do not see her as like, yeah, that's interesting. uh, But she is. Yeah. But she is. She is. She looks great. Um, Have you watched any of that show Search Party that she's on? No, and I feel like Search Party is like a cousin show to the other two. You know what I mean? Like, in a way. I feel like they often got them confused. That's a good call, that there is a... There is a family resemblance. I f- search party is weird. Every season is a little bit different, and each season I dropped out of it more and more. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but there's a there there's grapes in that fruit salad as well. I don't know what I'm doing with the fruit this week, but there are definitely grapes in that Just fruit salad. It, yeah. Just roll with it. Uh, but it does get weirder and weirder to the point of like, uh, I don't know. It's a lot of white yeah. melon this season, you know. <laughs> Yes. Sorry. What did you think of Linda? Let's talk Linda Lavin. I oh. know she was it was brief, but every time she was on the screen, I was like, "Oh, you're good. You're I so mean, good." I mean, I just I don't know if it ever happened and that while well, you're watching 30 Rock tonight, I'm going to try to figure out if Linda Lavin and Valerie Harper ever worked together because <gasps> you oh. know what? They're the same person in my mind. I often get them confused. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, and it, they're not. They're, they're not, not. But they are 
there are so much there's so much overlap there you know like the idea of like linda i mean it's like linda lavin valerie harper brenda vaccaro like there's a style there there's like a type of woman you know yes like the ryan reynolds and um who's the other guy oh gosh now i can't think of his name ryan reynolds and like a guy that uh, uh ryan gosling because they're both named oh ryan. sure yeah i feel mm-hmm. like they're just you know those hot white men in their 40s or like late 30s i don't know how old they are but yeah i think a lot of people have that with like chris evans chris pine chris pratt yeah, chris hemsworth. hemsworth yeah it's just like yes. oh which one of those chris hottest chris yeah yeah uh, yeah. Do you have an opinion? And you're all wrong. It's Christopher Maloney. Ah, there we go. Good answer. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. the only answer, really. Oh yeah, right. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, he. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That man. That man. That ass. That ass. That ass. Yeah. Is he the one these days? I think he's the one. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. In terms of like, who's the who's the hot male celebrity? Who's my hottest man of the year? You know. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. unofficial. Yeah. All right, that feels good. I'm glad. That's yeah, a conclusion. I'm glad we've come to this episode. Yes, is yes. who our hottest man of the year is. <laughs> it's been a rough year. We deserve this. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I am glad that we did this because I feel like, at the very least, if I'm going to actively hate on this movie as much as I have, at the very least, I could watch it and have. We could have done an episode on it and at least give Nina Arianda her roses for, you know. Eh, and J.K. Simmons. Nothing yes. wrong with a J.K. Simmons, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I liked it less the second time around. I, you know, I even though we've had, you know, a quarter of the conversation, like, I would love to hear, like, how people would fix this movie and what they would add or take away. And it's, it just feel like, you know, when people, like, put, like, uh, what are those called? A uh, little... What am I trying to say here? Cue cards? Nope. Um, like feedback wow. cards? You, you... No, when you're um, when you put stuff on like a cork board. I feel like we're on like on a, on a game show now. Um, uh, yeah. Index cards. Index, index cards. cards. Oh sure. And they yeah. have like you know orders of like scenes that they just kind of like you know put them on and never rearrange them and just were like oh that'll work it works yeah yeah like th- they have like you know those they have that on the wall in one of the scenes in this and i feel like when i think of that i also think oh, about, yeah, they do. i may destroy you she always has the little like index cards yes, on the wall yes, yeah yes. what would what would other people's index wall index card wall look like to make being the ricardo's better yeah. you know would it would it just you know would it just involve recasting, you know, Lucy? I don't think so. I think there's more. That That's a good conclusion, I think, to come to, is that this movie, the biggest problem with it may not even, it, it's one of the f- big three, but it is, I think, not the fatalist, the most fatal flaw of being the Ricardos is not Nicole Kidman. And I say that having said both her name and the name of the movie in the sentence. So that shows a level of forgiveness <gasps> wow. that I'm coming to. But being the you know what's directed by you know who written by you know who you know i i just don't think this was uh his best effort and it also would have not been the same movie because you know you hire nicole kidman because it's nicole kidman you know like people knew and you and you know and that's the same reason they hire javier like there could have been someone great but it's you're not going to beat out Nicole Kidman. And I want to know, I want to know why Kate eventually said no, because I watched a random Hollywood roundtable with like, you know, lead actress of the season or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, 
she said she revealed in that uh, thing that they were that she was going to play Lucille Ball next year. And everyone was like, oh, and it was kind of like the same reaction we got when we eventually found out it was Nicole. But I was more excited you know, not too much more excited about Kate, but I would love to see Kate do it. So I don't know, like, did she just chicken out or was it scheduling problems? Because she had the role and then she turned it down. Was it the script? It could have been. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, people jump ship. One more thing I'll say is that they they do a classic Aaron Sorkin walk and talk in this and I hated it. It was so, it was so on the nose. Like, oh my God, look, it's Aaron Sorkin. Oh my God, it's a walk and talk. It was like Mm -hmm. so precious. They even had like- Through the sets. Through the set and like- Ladders. Yeah, the the, the wardrobe, you know, uh, little cart, like getting in the way of, of Desi. And I just, the whole idea of like, if I was one of those people in that group, I'd be like, can we just stop? Like, what are we doing? Do you want me to write this down? You know, like I just, I, I think that- I think that I am ready to leave behind the Aaron Sorkin walk and talk as a thing of an era that now just feels kind of ridiculous. Maybe because like we're all working from home now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I say, you know, hot or not Aaron Sorkin walk and talks not. Yeah. It's the zoom call of scenes. You know, we've already done it. Yeah. We've been zooming for years. Ugh. the zoom happy hour, maybe to be more specific. Totally. Like, can't, can't do it. Sorry. Totally. Love ya. Yeah. Yeah. It is the zoom yeah. happy hour of tropes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, we have lots to talk about on our after show because I mean, Nicole didn't get that SAG award, Colin. So, and that's just like a a deep tease for what's to come because I can't wait to talk about, you know, the lead actress race now. It's changed a bit. So now I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. So, indeed, the best supporting after show, we have got to talk about the SAGs. Speaking of Zoom happy hours, we need to talk about a little movie called Family Squares. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, there might even be a little you know, uh, Ronnie Reed running roundup. So, uh, there might be. You know, folks, before I tuck my ear and let the orchestra know it's time to go, if you are a free skate listener, you could be currently listening to the after show as soon as this is over. Uh, and the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash BSA pod and join us as a BSA Treon. Amen. I think I might make a poll this week on Patreon, just like, you know, the final Oscar predictions, you know, who are you voting for and why? You mm. know, I think that'd be fun to like, like to, yeah. spark that conversation. Yeah, I'd like to see what the people are saying. You know, may- survey. maybe someone out there is like, you know what, Judy and Belfast? <laughs> Now that's now that's at that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Well, here comes the orchestra. We are officially being played <laughs> off. Uh, well, where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, uh, or they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Coach. How about you? Well, you could find more of me and my other two podcasts, whether it be All Right, Mary, talking about currently season 14, and Drag Race UK versus the World, uh, uh, season 14 of Drag Race, obviously. Uh, And you can find me in the details, a celebration of nuance, uh, where I am working on my next episode. But, you know, hey, winter slump. 
but I but uh, I will say it. Uh, I think we may have talked about it a bit, uh, probably on the after show, but it will be Roni related. So uh, <gasps> it may involve a napkin being slapped on a table and someone being an asshole who didn't have lunch with us. Okay, perfect. Uh, yes. So stay and tuned get those for that. Truffle fries. Yes, yeah. this is what happens. You know. Uh, you're not listening to her pain. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, <clears throat> and of course, you can find me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can find us on Instagram and a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod. Yeah. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And as mentioned earlier, if you do want to listen in on the best supporting after show and uh, get in on all that SAG talk and so much more, and a backlog of, of after shows, lest you forget, hours of content at mm-hmm. patreon.com slash bsapod. Well, keep your peepers peeled, folks, because we've already told you why, so they better be peeled already. I can't believe I'm asking at this point. Uh, yeah. That, as they say, <laughs> is that.